Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's Morphin Time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I'm full of cake, which, you know... Mm. I came hey. in and all I heard was full of cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of cake. I'm full of cake. <laughs> Is this one of those th- like TikTok videos where you don't know what's cake and what's not? And, like the wall oh is God. cake now. This is going to be the smoothest, most comfortable ride. And it's got like a sport mode where I can mm-hmm. put it into sport mode and it'll like tighten up the steering wheel and give better acceleration. So... I can do like tight corners and stuff and it, it's wild. You can and, shift oh, into turbo. I can, I <laughs> love that feeling. Like when I, I, I always love that in any car I'm in. Cause whenever I, whenever I do the shifting, I always think about turbo because <laughs> I'm a dork and we're dorks. And, and now on Ranger command power hour. It's the Ranger command power hour. Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 83, Rangers Review, Power Rangers Dino Fury, Episodes 19 through 22, recorded on January 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of 22s. Welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D., Chris P., Steve F., AJW, Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Tyler B., Tyler W., Charlie N., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Kevin R., Steve R., Hassan A., Bo H., Leland D., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Nailed it. You can go to our link tree at linktr.ee slash rangercommandph for all of the links for the podcast, as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash ranger command ph happy new year zach and ap what is it's up? a new year it is definitely a new year yes it is not only a new year but we are releasing this episode the morning of our eighth anniversary of the podcast people Time are getting flies. a double dose of us today uh, yeah. A double dose, yes, because if you're listening to this the morning of uh, January 25th, we have a special live show tonight. We have been doing our live shows for our anniversaries uh, for the past uh, four or five years, and this will be episode 194, Ranger Command Power Hour 8th Anniversary Special. It will be on our YouTube channel. We will go live at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we'll gush all about turning eight during that show. We also kind of split the news up. So there was a lot of news to talk about since the last episode. We were all together because 
earlier this month, I did the super massive interview with Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, and Matt and Michael from the Ranger Danger podcast because Matthew is writing Mighty Morphin starting with issue 17. And then Michael is the editor slash designer for all of the comics in Supermassive. So it was really awesome to talk with them. But yeah, we didn't talk about news or anything since then because, you know, that was kind of a separate thing. So we're going to split the news between this episode and talk about some of the uh, juicier items on the live stream. Hey, listeners, Eric here from the future in editing. So we are talking about Chance Perez promoting NFT project. That was our initial reactions to his video and tweet that he made on Saturday. And since then, he has taken down the video and uh, had an apology tweet, which said, Hey, everyone, I've read a lot of the messages and I'm very sorry. I've upset so many people. I honestly had no idea that there was an environmental downside and wish I had known more before my prior post. I'm so sorry to whom I've offended and hope you accept my sincerest apologies. So we thank Chance for taking a second look on NFTs and deciding to not promote them. But just going forward, we did not know this at the time of recording because it happened before he took down the post. So this is our commentary on just NFTs in in general. And I think we make our position pretty clear. So thank you. First off, this just happened today as the day that we record this. I'm sorry. Can we not read the actual tweet? Cause I don't want to give them any promotion like inadvertently just personally. Yes. But I, I also kind of wanted to play some of his audio. Oh No, go, go for it. We can talk yeah. about it. I've been looking into something recently called NFTs. It's basically something that you can buy online. It's one of a kind. And some projects, if you have an NFT from their project, you get into exclusive parties in Los Angeles or New York or whatever it is. Some have play-to-earn games. Some will give you merchandise and ship it to your house if you have one of the NFTs. Some are restaurants. They're doing Airbnbs now. Facebook is on board. Twitter is on board. Anyways, so one of the NFT projects that I'm really excited about is called... They had their first launch back in December. A second launch coming out February 10th. I'll show you that I have. Two of them were gifted to me by themselves, so thank you guys so much for those. And also, I am a big fan of the project, so I bought two on my own. Like I said, February 10th, they're having a second collection drop. They're having 4,444 new added, releasing exclusive merchandise that holders of these NFTs will get. They have Hold to Earn, where you keep your NFT and keep earning tokens, which will be transferable to real-world U.S. dollars. And I love video games, so Play to Earn is definitely something I'm really excited about. The last thing on their roadmap as of right now is they're going to have a real-world party, basically, of all the people who are believers in their NFT project and talk about their next moves and stuff. So this is a project that I'm really excited about. Thank you guys so much for the NFTs that you sent to me. Really excited about your project. Uh, big fan. And um, yeah, check them out, you guys. Peace out. So we've talked about NFTs before on the show when, because we talked about it when the Lightning Collection Zap uh, Megazord NFT happened. And so we did kind of a deep dive into, you know, NFTs and what they represent and, and, and all that stuff. Overall, they're bad. They're terrible. Uh, not just from an environmental perspective, but from an art theft and, uh, just bad art in general. I look at so many of these, you know, supposed NFTs 
and I'm sorry, but I'm a graphic designer. I'm an artist. I think I have a good eye when it comes to art and design. And these are copy and paste terrible. Like I don't even understand the appeal of like most of these. They're horrible. So, you know, everyone was kind of wondering, I guess, like who would be the first Power Ranger actor to start hawking uh, NFTs. I did not even think that it was going to be a Ranger from a current season, let alone Chance Perez, Mr. Uh, Javi on, on Dino Fury. What the actual living hell? <laughs> yeah. So he, he made this tweet. We're not going to promote it, but he said, talking about NFTs and company, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Hashtag company for the NFTs. And I'm so excited to see everything the future has for your project. And it was attached to this video where he's going on about, oh yeah. And you know, NFTs can help you get access to certain clubs in like New York and LA and it can do this and it can do that. And it's like literally nothing that NFTs can do right now. It was just all like, wow. Did they just give you a script to read off, bro? Like what? The like F. it was like a clear promotional video pretending yeah. pretending not to be a promotional video. It was straight up trash. I'm sorry, but the art looks like garbage. Yeah. One of the supporters of this NFT posted like their picture and it was a straight off ripoff of like Star Lord's mask like slapped on a dragon. It's dumb. It's stupid. There was one too. I mean, I'll be super honest. I went on their Twitter page, the company's page. Yeah. And they have one. Oh, I, I blocked like a, them instantly. Like a literal <laughs> gremlins ripoff, like blatantly, and they even admit to it. So that was weird. Wow. Well, if you guys want to feel better about the whole situation, just scroll through the crypto crash hashtag on Twitter. It is. Oh, it's cathartic. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, it's crashing. Oh, it is. It is tanking. Crypto Ooh. plummeted. Thank God. They lost like $500 billion or some shit. It is, wow. oh no, I'm sorry, not 500, 200, but still. Yeah, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency prices, including major coins, Ethereum, blah, 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 fell sharply on Friday and have eliminated <laughs> nearly $200 billion from the combined crypto market within wow. 24 hours. <laughs> wow. Wow, like we didn't think that would happen. Right? Yeah, Almost no like, kidding. Who could have thought it would be a gigantic scam? Oh, oh man. Gosh. I just love how someone tried to call Chance out. Oh, he got ratioed hard on this stuff. He did. Someone said... Just like any actor or company that people are kind of cool with, and then they announce some stupid NFT shit. And then they just get ratioed hard. Like, when will these people learn that posting this crap is not going to win you brownie points on the internet? It's not. But then someone called him out and he replied, a lot are scams. It's true. Just research them and see what they do because it's actually kind of crazy. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. So does he think they're scams or does he not think they're scams? That comes off to me like, sorry, I don't mean to cut in AP, but that to me sounds like, yeah, most of them are scams, but not this one. Yeah, Yeah, that one's a scam too. It's yeah. like they they tell you they do all these things, and yes, they might be set up to do all those things, but realistically, they don't... They don't do anything yet because the systems aren't in place for them to allow them to do anything right now. That's the point. If you have to own an NFT to get into a club, you can still get into clubs without NFTs. It's not like 
an exclusive. Y- you know what I'm saying? And when he mentioned when he mentioned the club thing, I'm like, wow, you're one of those just like <laughs> like material. It's very materialistic. Yeah. Yeah. And like the it's a bummer. Like the, the game, like the whole game aspect, I think he was going on about, and it's like you can still play games without NFT games that don't like destroy the environment and contribute to like a fake currency type situation. Like you don't, right. you don't need NFTs to do anything that you're saying NFTs can do. Right. And, and like I said, the systems to allow NFTs to do anything that these people are suggesting are like years away from actually being a thing. And that's even if it catches on and, and takes off, which I really hope it doesn't, especially with this crypto crash. Like, I'll browse that for entertainment later tonight, oh, Zach. Thanks so, for that. It's so entertaining. It's basically like another, and we might have mentioned this before, but it's a thought that I always have. It's like putting all your stock into, like, streaming. Like, streaming yeah. versus physical media. Okay? Like, yes, you technically might own, have all these different streaming accounts. You can watch all your favorite shows right now. But what if that streaming service decides to just close up or not show that program anymore? Then you've got nothing then. That's the thing. You know, uh, we've seen that for Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. We've seen it where the entire Power Rangers catalog uh, disappeared on Netflix except for the current shows. And they're moving to a different platform. It happened with Star Trek. Uh, Only Next Generation and D-Space Nine are on Netflix anymore. All the other shows are gone because they're moving to Paramount Plus. They're all on Paramount Plus right now. Sure, they were on Netflix for like 10, 11, 12 years, but guess what? Contracts expire and all of that is gone. And also NFTs, I'm sorry, they're not actually worth anything. They are no. they're only worth you only think they're worth something because someone told you they're worth something. And that's the funny exactly. thing is that that's perpetuating. They only continue to be worth things as long as people keep talking about them. If they go away, right. people stop buying into them and they become worthless. And it's not actually worth anything in the larger market. It's worth something to a very small amount of people. Yeah, there was something I, I read where it was like, you know, 99% of or some 90 90-something percent of NFT owners like, or it's like, it's something weird. Like, you know, it's kind of like another 1% situation where, you know, the, the only ones that own like a, a lot of money in this or like the top 1% of people who, or it's, it's some, it's some stupid number, but it just goes to show, gee, it's kind of like the stock market where only a small percentage of the people own all the wealth and, you know, look how great that's Except working out this for time, everyone. There's no actual wealth attached. It's just right. computer stuff. It's not yeah. actual money. They might say, oh, it's worth a thousand dollars, but the fact that it can just, there's no actual like physicality to it. There's nothing actually giving it value. The fact that this crypto crash is going on and $200 billion can be lost in a day should tell you how not only volatile this market is, but maybe it's a good idea not to invest in this type type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be better off literally playing with the stock market than, than NFTs. Like at least the stock market, stock market has actual money and value involved, involved mm-hmm. in it. It's still kind of like an elitism game, but at least there's actual wealth and money and like value to it. Yeah. Real world value to it. NFTs and cryptocurrency, they're just worth something because someone decides they're worth something. Exactly. They're not tied to anything physical. If like, 
I'm not saying the internet's going to crash tomorrow, but if the internet crashed tomorrow, you wouldn't have anything. Yeah. You'd have nothing. It would be like that. Um, did any of y'all see that TV show Revolution, where like all the electricity, yes. all the electricity just turned off? It's like yep. if that happened, you'd have nothing. This is on top of this week where Twitter is like, "Look, we have NFT profile pictures," and it's like, "Great, now I know who to block." Yeah, thanks for the instant <laughs> and easy identifier. It's annoying because if you say one negative thing about NFT. You've got like 20 crypto bros knocking on your tweets, ready to like, you know, flex their dumb crap. And I know Chance is young. He's part of that. You know, he's he's a generation younger than me. <laughs> Freaking old. I think he's even a generation younger than. Are we all in the same generation? All three uh, of us? I think Eric, like and, I, Eric and I are elder millennials. Okay. Um, I'm just a regular millennial. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely on that like Xennial, like okay. Gen X millennial because i think cusp. he's even a generation younger than me so he's not even a millennial Ugh. if i'm correct yeah gen z that that whole generation is yeah that's like i'm sorry i'm sorry gen z sometimes y'all y'all bother me y'all, y'all cringe <laughs> um it was such an obvious promotion mm-hmm. to like hawk this stuff and it's terrible and i'm i'm glad he's getting ratioed on it I'm sorry, but I'm not going to invest in something for the promise of a technology like web 3.0 is still being developed and it's still a few years away from being integrated throughout all of our lives. Let's not talk about the broadband disparity that, you know, this nation has where there's a lot of people who still don't have like fast internet access. And that's an infrastructure issue. I'm not going to get into politics, but I'm sorry, but web 3.0 is a long way off from getting like fully integrated into our lives. And even further along for any kind of NFT integration that would be required for something. So I don't care what anyone says. You want to get on the ground floor of this pyramid scheme? Go right ahead. But I'm not going to be supporting anyone who who is hawking this stuff. I'm I'm really not. I mean, I'm still going to watch Dino Fury. It's not like Dino Fury's canceled just because Chance made a bad dis, you know, financial decision. But I mean, I unfollowed him. I unfollowed him from the podcast account. Like It's just disappointing. It's very disappointing. Just for the sake of him and like, I'm pretty sure he has a young child too. For this, he does. For yeah. the sa- sake of them, I hope he doesn't invest too much of his money or time into this because it's not. There's no stability in it. You have no stable future if you invest too much into it. I don't think he invested a lot because he he literally said that, and that's why it came across as such a blatant ad promotion because he said, "Oh yeah, th- this company gave me these NFTs, and you know now I'm talking about it because I have to." So I, I really hope he steers away from it and doesn't become some paid shill yeah. for for this company's NFT because. I don't know. The, the artwork is terrible. I just saw that gizmo thing that you were talking about, yeah. and I was like, I had to, yikes. I had to unfollow. What was it? Katie Cassidy. She played a uh, Laurel on Arrow. I used to like her a lot, and then oh, she started. Did she start she hacking started it? Shilling NFTs like left oh. and right, like creating them. Good lord! She's like so deep in NFTs now, and I'm like, I can't stand this. I'm sorry, I can't stand this. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to bleep that, but seriously. <laughs> There's going to be so many bleeps in this episode. They're warranted. We're frustrated. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It's just disappointing. I would have thought like JDF or like ASJ. Would be the first into NFTs. Would be the first. Yeah. Yeah. But like Chance, like 
dude, I thought you were cool. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk too much about that anymore. But here's another thing that I wanted to address. Oh. And again, it was a topic that we talked about, you know, last year on the podcast. And it's about entitled fans and just the audacity of, like, really getting into someone's personal business and personal space, even online. And I get it. Twitter, social media, it's a great way to connect with people. It's a fantastic way to talk and have access to people that you wouldn't normally have. Like, there have been many times where, you know, I've either tweeted at an actor or, you know, from Star Trek or or something and gotten a positive response back. And it's like I was yeah. live tweeting NCIS Hawaii and the producers and Vanessa Lachey were liking my tweets. And it's like, I, it's cool. I feel kind of like good right now. Like clearly something I said resonated. I don't know, but I don't think I'm best friends with them because they liked my tweets. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. And that's what we talked about. Like the parasocial yeah. relationships. We, we talked all about that. Well, I thought, you know, the fandom was kind of moving beyond this, but I mean, there's socially awkward people everywhere and, you know, there's people that aren't going to know boundaries, but I wanted to highlight a couple of examples from the past month or so that clearly affects Power Rangers. First off, Simon had to re uh, you know, reiterate once again. Uh, he said, just a reminder, I'm sorry to seem rude, but I'm not answering questions about Power Rangers on Twitter or Instagram. It's all got too much, so I had to step back. Again, uh, reiterating that he doesn't have time for it. And look, you know, I, I mentioned before, I have I have a tab on TweetDeck where it's just like at his screen name on Twitter. And just the responses that you see, like people tag him in, it's like, and y'all got to really calm down. But, you know, the fact that he had to reiterate it again because, you know, people were hassling him over you know, what's going to be the next Power Rangers and all this stuff. It's bad. Yeah. The next one is worse because this crosses a line oh, yeah. that is so beyond the pale. 10 million times worse. Like, cannot overstate how much worse this one is. So Ryan Parrott tweeted out, and we love Ryan. Ryan's been on the show. I've interviewed him. I saw him at C2E2. He's a very cool guy. One of the nicest uh, creators I think you could ever meet. He's super passionate about Power Rangers and the stories that he tells. Just an overall great guy. I, I can't stress that enough in all my interactions with him. But this is horrible. Ryan said, I don't know how to make this any more clear. And then in all caps, do not contact my family about Power Rangers. Don't call them. Don't email them. No, no. I won't get you a job writing the book and they will not put you in contact with me. Please period stop period. What? And he, this isn't the first time he said that because he essentially had to close or private his Instagram profile to just friends and family because people were bothering him and contacting his family. Like first off, you have to be on some kind of stalker level bullshit. To get someone's personal family number and their email, you have to work to find that stuff. And that is disturbing, first off. It's scary. It's just scary stuff. It's scary. And it goes to show that there are people in this, you know, quote unquote fandom who are obsessive and compulsive and have no 
social boundaries when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Like what in your right mind do you think that it's okay to contact a stranger's family just to get a job? First off, that's not the way you go about getting any job on the planet. That's a surefire way to not get a job. It's yeah, you just guaranteed you are done. Yeah. You are done. First off, that could be taken as harassment, and Ryan is clear in his rights to either file a restraining order or start, you know, having police investigate this. Literally, like, because that could be stalking, that could be harassment. And then he tweeted out later, he said, thank you for the support. To be fair, 99% of my fan interactions are positive. This is not an indictment of the fan base. Maybe it's a, a mistake to address it because it could encourage others to do it. But it's happened enough times now that I feel that I need to say something. And that's a, that's a crazy thing. It's not the first time he's said this on social media. Yes. I'm not going to say that I'm at the level in whatever it is that like Ryan Parrott or any of these guys are who are like directly involved in the franchise, but that's part of the reason why I don't really tell people who I am, my name right. or anything like that. I'd say 50% of it is just because of like work and all that stuff. I just want to keep it separate. That's sure. just my personal choice. And second of all, it's just like, I don't know. There could be one person listening to this podcast right now who, like, decides to latch on to you, like any right, one of right. us. And yeah. I just want to provide myself with that extra layer of protection. That's my choice. And this is kind of why. Like, this is always kind of my greatest – this kind of stuff's my fear. And it yeah. all kind of goes back to that talk we had about parasocial relationships where – you have people who latch on so emotionally, so intensely, so passionately that they they don't realize that hey, there are there are barriers, there are socially, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can't just because you listen to the show, just because you watch the show, just because you get liked on Twitter by the creators or by the actors or by you know anyone, that doesn't mean that you instantly have you know the right to assume that they're your friend and you're gonna you know oh we're gonna go hang out and i'll find out where you live and we'll go get coffee sometime no don't do that because that's terrible mm -hmm. it's disappointing to say the least because it really kind of ends up painting more of the fandom in a bad light right mm -hmm. and you know I'm, I'm glad that ryan said it he's like look i love 99 percent of y'all but there's that one percent <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, that that takes it too far and it <sighs> I would hope that anyone listening to our show is not like that. But if there's a person out there listening that either is like that, or maybe was the one that contacted Ryan, please, please reevaluate your priorities, reevaluate basic social interaction, because that's not the way to get ahead in this world. And, you know, I remember last year, that was something that the president of boom studios talked about. He's like, look, we're not accepting pitches for writers you know, through Instagram or like, you know, you hounding our, our replies. And yeah, I don't know how many times people have to like <laughs> get, get that, you know, ingrained in them that, you know, stuff like this is not okay. Yeah. And Jason Bischoff, um, you know, former employee with uh, Saban brands and, and later Hasbro, he quote tweeted Ryan and said, uh, Kim, which is his wife is no longer on Twitter for this reason. So I'm sure when Jason was big in, you know, in the Power Rangers community, because he was kind of like the voice of the brand for that time, the, the fact that 
people were finding his wife's Twitter account and hounding her about like Power Rangers stuff. I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm very disappointed. <laughs> and then finally, we got uh, Brian Edward Hill, who's you know currently writing. Um, whatever the new iteration for uh, the Power Rangers movie is. Um, someone actually asked him if it is okay to ask what's the most exciting part about working on Power Rangers. And he quote tweeted and said, I don't know if this qualifies as exciting, but the time someone stalked me to get in a role to get a role in the film was dot, dot, dot. Interesting. Take note. It's pointless to do that. They're lucky. I was out of fava beans and short on bottles of Chianti. That's, <laughs> Kudos to Brian for for making a nice you know joke out of that situation. But again, it's this whole this concept of like you think you're owed this because you're a fan of something. Yeah. You are not right. owed anything. You are mm-hmm. owed nothing. Zero zip zilch. You cannot harass and hound people to the point of stalking, to the point of contacting their family members, to the point of you know these extremes that these people go to. I, I don't comprehend why you could think that's okay in any you know frame of mind and it's like if you're someone who's struggling maybe you've thought i hope to god that no one that listens to us would think about doing something like this but Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're owed something just because you're a fan or you just feel like you you're owed involvement in your favorite in your favorite um properties and you've thought about like stalking someone to get it, harassing them, what have you. Just try to put yourself in their shoes for a second. Someone thought that you had something they wanted. I don't even know if these people that are being stalked even have the power to do anything for these stalkers. But right. just put yourself in their shoes for a second. Imagine you're in their position and they want something that you have. Would you give it to them if they were literally stalking you and harassing you and contacting your family and like demanding involvement? Like, no, you wouldn't. No, you would think, uh, hopefully you would think that's rude and stepping over a line. Exactly. That shouldn't be It all goes back to the whole, the basic like golden rule scenario. Just like treat others how you want to be treated. Would you want to be treated that way? No, you probably wouldn't. And if you do want to be treated that way, maybe you should like honestly get a little bit of help because that's just not... That's that's not good. It's even happened for our podcast. Like we we had someone who was like, "Oh, I did this thing for you once. I'm owed to be on the show." And I'm like, "No, you're not. You're really yeah. not." And it, I mean, it's it's happened to us too. Not on the level of 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 stalking, but a clear boundary where it's like, "Okay, cool. You've you've interacted with us. You've you've been there from the beginning. That's awesome." But you know, at the end of the day, I make the decisions on who is on the show. And that's why if someone blandly asks, like, Oh, I want to be on the show and I want to do this. Okay, cool. But you know, if we, if we've never approached you about anything or if we don't even know who you are or, you know, if it's, it's not going to happen. And, you know, I don't get where that, that, that comes from. And, and all I can say is it's entitlement and it crosses a line that, you know, I'm uncomfortable with and, you know, any person would be uncomfortable with. So, yeah, I, I don't want to go on too much about this, but it's something that there are members of this fandom 
that really need to check themselves at the door because it's a privilege for us to even get access to what these people tweet about. Like Simon Bennett doesn't have to say jack crap about Power Rangers. He doesn't have to post awesome behind the scenes pictures. He doesn't have to tell, you know, go on Ranger board and explain like, oh yeah. And in this episode, we did this really cool thing. Like he doesn't have to do any of that. And that's not his job. He's not obligated to do all of that. That is a bonus for fans, not the standard. And unfortunately, I think him doing that opened up in some people's minds that, oh, I can ask him whatever I want. I can, he's sharing all this information. I want to, you know, I want all the answers too. like, tell me what the next adaptation is. Tell me this, tell me things that you are not allowed to talk about. And, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but you know, unfortunately it keeps coming up you know, every few months in our fandom. And sometimes it feels like it's getting worse. And trust me, it's, it's stuff like that, that really makes me reevaluate, you know, how much I participate in fandom. It really does. That's why I kind of don't (laughs) like just to reiterate that. That's been your brand for like the last. It works for me. Eight years. I don't know. It it, it works for me. This is why this is 50% of the reason why if anybody's ever wondered, which I'm assuming some people might, even though I feel like most people know by now, this is why. I don't want to give myself that risk. Even if it's a small risk, I don't want to take it. And unfortunately, I, I, I assume part of that is also because you're you're a woman in this oh, fandom. Yeah. It scares the shit out of me. Because yeah. I feel like we're subjected to it. Not that men aren't subjected to it, but for some reason- But certain, women more so. Yeah, it's like some- like creepy guys just think it's okay to just like latch on to female personalities and it's like no just because we're nice to you answer your tweet or what have you that doesn't mean it's like no that's not what that means and it's scary i feel uncomfortable i don't go to walmart by myself anymore Mm -hmm. just to bring it into the real world because some creepy guy followed me around walmart once and now i do not go by myself and i refuse to And I'm sure it wouldn't happen every time I go, but it just creeped me out so freaking much that I don't go by myself anymore. I don't really go places after dark anymore either, because that's just how it is. Oh, man. I just want people, uh, not only in our fandom, but just people in general to be better. I, I just wish people would think before they, you know, send send that tweet or send that message or even think about calling someone's family just to get what they want. That is so unimaginable to me as I would think a normal person. <laughs> so anyways, uh, moving on, New York Toy Fair is canceled. So 2022, I don't think it's a big shock. Uh, Toy Fair did not happen last year, and it is not happening again this year. On January 6th, uh, the New York Post posted an article uh, about Toy Fair losing big-name retailers like Walmart, Target, and Amazon pulled out of the in-person event. And they join Hasbro, Jazzwares, and MGA Entertainment, among others, in ditching plans to attend the fair. And if you've been following any Toy Fair news, uh, this was supposed to be the first year that Hasbro uh, returned to the Javits Center instead of doing these like off-site events that they've done for a number of years. And they were actually supposed to have a, a booth presence at Toy Fair. And, you know, as someone who's gone to Toy Fair a couple times, it's an incredible event. It's it's great if, you know, you're a member of press or in the toy industry and 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 it's really cool. But, you know, I think that just signifies that 
you know, maybe Hasbro uh, over the past two years has become really comfortable with these Fan First Fridays, with these uh, Hasbro Pulse Con and, and Fan Fest, that it's easier now just to do an online announcement rather than this in-person event. And as someone who, you know, sometimes deals with trade show stuff for work, it's definitely way less expensive to do something virtually than to have like a physical booth and, you know, all the costs that are involved in in that. Um, But that was just kind of like a, like a rumored thing. And then uh, five days later on January 11th, uh, Toy Fair uh, New York actually posted uh, a press release where they said key to our efforts these past two weeks has been the balance of some uh, 700 remaining committed toy manufacturers saying they need and want toy fair 22 uh, to build their business waiting that against those departing and seriously on the fence uh, and needing to provide a f- sufficient quantity and quality across retail buying community necessary to deliver a positive experience as that balance has shifted we are obligated to make the best decision in everyone's interest no matter how heartbreaking for so many and potentially damaging some business future process. Like they are laying the guilt hard. And then there was a quote in this that I find unbelievable. They said with about 700 toy manufacturers who remain committed to exhibiting at toy fair, constant unfounded rumors, quote unquote on social media and elsewhere defied the toy association's best efforts to sustain the show and global uncertainty surrounding the pandemic. They have the audacity to blame social media for, for canceling the show. It is COVID like, come on, New York's cases with, with Omicron and, and everything happening like across the country, infection rates are going up and it's insane to me that they want to shift the blame to freaking social media and press journalism for reporting these things as as the cancellation of it come on maybe you shouldn't be getting 700 manufacturers in one building with people in the middle of the pandemic Mm -hmm. like believe it or not there's still we're still in pandemic mode it's not over yet maybe you shouldn't be trying to lengthen it Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just something that as the, this pandemic, you know, continues to move on and like, we get it. I'm I'm sorry, but the more and more that this goes on, the more likely that just in-person events in general are going to slow down. You know, fortunately enough, I was able to go to C2E2 in, in December, but they had so many checks of screenings and, you know, making sure you had a valid vaccination and, you know, using an app. And, you know, I think they did a pretty good job, but that was also in December before Omicron started to surge this much like it has been doing. That's all that news. (laughs) We'll uh, talk more about some other like direct Power Rangers stuff at our live show. Uh, so definitely tune into that. Enough about angry real world stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Time for fun fantasy cartoon type violence. <laughs> it's Power Rangers Dino Fury. Uh, season one is uh, in the can. It is done. It has all been aired. And uh, we are continuing our review of the episodes uh, we've got four more episodes, the four last episodes of season one to talk about uh, at the time of this recording, because who knows what will happen this weekend. At the time of this recording, we do not have a firm date 
for when Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2 will launch on Netflix. Uh, But like we talked about before, uh, Season 2 will be a Netflix exclusive, uh, at least in the U.S., I think uh, Europe and and some other uh, countries, it still might air on TV over there just because of different international broadcast rights and all of that. So, and going forward, you know, no matter what happens for season two, I think we'll continue to do like four episode chunks uh, just because it's easy to talk about and, you know, we can kind of space it out a bit. Mm -hmm. So first off, we're going to talk about episode 19, The Makeover. The Makeover is the 19th episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury featuring the debut of the Vision Dino Key. Both the Light and Shadow Dino Keys make brief appearances at the end of the episode. Like all of these episodes, they premiered on October 15th, 2021 on Netflix. And this particular episode aired November 27th, 2021 on Nickelodeon. Story by Becca Barnes and Alan Dale. Teleplay by Maya Thompson and Guy Langford, and directed by Michael Hurst. And we've talked about Michael before. Uh, he was in Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. Uh, he was uh, Hercules's partner, and he's went on to become a pretty awesome director in New Zealand uh, for a wide range of productions. He is actually the director of the next three episodes that we're talking about. And uh, aside from the uh, Christmas special, he directed all these episodes. So I'm not going to mention it again. Let's get into the makeover. What do we think about this one? I thought it was a really cute episode. I was expecting not to like it, but it was kind of funny. It was sweet. Oh, yeah. I I forgot to read the the synopsis. So the villains use a Sporex beast with body swapping powers to chase pirate treasure, which interferes with Amelia's attempts to make over Pop Pop for a date. And I'm glad we got an episode with Pop Pop. I think he's a really fun character. Uh, I always like Amelia-focused type episodes. Mm -hmm. And this episode really established his character and personality, even more than, than what we saw in the past. Yeah, it was a very sweet episode. It was cute. It really, it expanded more on the secondary characters, which is always kind of nice. It it led to us knowing more about like Amelia's world and her relationship with Pop Pop. It was a good character development episode. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Body swap episodes are always kind of, they can be either really good or they can be super mega force. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hit or yeah. miss. Yeah. Definitely hit or miss. But no, this one, again, like AP said, this was, you know, this was cute. We had a, a fun story with Pop Pop. And, you know, it is nice to see those background characters get a little bit of development as well. And it's really fun when you have these characters acting as each other, which is always fun to see. Yeah, I think body swapping episodes, it's definitely a trope in a lot of science fiction and type shows. And Power Rangers, it seems like we get an episode, one episode of these per series. Mm -hmm. And... I I always think that it's a test to see how they can differentiate it from being before. And I really like that they made the subplot of Pop Pop and and Beatrice going on this date. The character of Beatrice was a lot of fun. I like that she was a museum curator. It kind of ties into the plot of of the episode. She works with Ollie's mom, Dr. Akana. So I feel like it did a really great job of you know, kind of tying all those elements and giving focus to, to pop up. 
So in this episode, one of the things that I liked about how the the body swapped is that they figured out that because they're like souls or, or their, their energy um, swap bodies that they would also have to swap dino keys. I was super disappointed that we didn't get a red dino fury ranger in a skirt. Yeah. Like it seems like their bodies morphed with, uh, it, it was weird. It was such a missed opportunity for a red skirted dino fury. Or ranger. like a pink male dino fury yeah. ranger. Yeah, exactly. Body swap, um, because they were the only ones that did like a gender swap in addition to a body swap. Uh, it was just such a missed opportunity, especially that they, you know, modified green suit in the premiere to include a skirt. And and what was even real disappointing was watching uh, 10 Gokaiger for the 10th anniversary of Gokaiger movie and seeing a, a red Rue soldier freaking female skirt costume i'm like you guys had it you had it (laughs) (laughs) you could have called toey up and be like yo ship that to new zealand asap for this episode come on it was so oh when i watched that movie i was like oh they could have done it (laughs) they could have done it but i i really liked uh another subplot with what started this whole episode with this legend of of purple beard and we've had so many different bearded pirates on power rangers i remember like operation overdrive had like blue beard or or whatever so just in the power rangers universe even the pirates are color-coded I <laughs> but i like that they there's this kind of legend around the keys because yeah these keys are in a way, this parallels Dino Charge a lot because the the Energems were like lost in time and they they had to be found. And um, I think it's cool that we're also getting that in Dino Fury that you know there's there's keys that Zato lost over the millennia or lost during these Sporex battles and they have to find them again. And it just so happened that uh, these these two keys, the Light and Shadow Dino Keys. Uh, were actually the talisman. So it, kind of a cool mystery for the Rangers to figure out and, and Dr. Akana to figure out. So yeah, I, I, I really liked just uh, the concept of this episode overall. Yeah. It was just super funny. Like uh, the, the whole interaction between uh, Amelia and, and Zato. I love their friendship. I love kind of the lesson in this episode too. It wasn't like overhanded. Just the fact that, you know, Pop-Pop should be himself because you should always be yourself. And, you know, trying to impress someone for the sake of getting their attention or going on a date or whatever, it's kind of a front and it's it's a way of almost like lying to the person. So I'm really glad that that was the lesson of the day. And and it was just funny. Like I, I liked watching the, the two actors who played uh, Pop Pop and, and Beatrice. I really liked their interaction and, and the chemistry. I, I thought it was so funny that she could point out all the different stains on his overalls. And <laughs> I, th- I thought that was really great. So kind of at the end of this episode, they were able to find the tablet uh, with the drawing of purple beard and his talismans. That's when Amelia and Beatrice recognize them as dino keys. And they find that the keys are buried uh, around uh, dino henge. And I thought that was kind of funny. Cause I'm like, wait, you know, in the premiere, 
I remember Void Knight blowing a huge hole around Dino Henge. So, you know, why didn't they find this chest or whatever? But I, I remember someone on, on Twitter and I, I forgot who did it. Like they compared the footage and the hole that Void Knight blasted was a different location than where this chest was. So I'm like, great. There's no like continuity problem or, <laughs> or anything like that. So that was kind of the, uh, the cliffhanger for this episode. Uh, they Zato uses the vision dino key and basically has Superman X-ray powers and finds these dino keys. Overall, I thought this was a really fun episode. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. I would honestly say I liked it more than most body swap episodes. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the chemistry that the cast has. They yeah. did a really good job with it, emulating each other's personalities, and it, it worked. The only thing I don't like about body swapping episodes is apparently your soul is also your voice cords. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't- I don't like that's the only thing I don't like. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I think, you know, if you're going to do the body swap episode, it should just be the same voice, just acting differently. Yeah. Right. But I get it. It's a kid show. You don't want to get the kids too confused. But then again, kids are smarter than you think. So. So some notes for this episode at the count of this episode, both Void Knight and the Dino Fury Rangers both have 10 Sporex each. I, I kind of think this is funny that this is something that Ranger Wiki is keeping track of. But, you know, since it is kind of like the crux of the season, you know, Void Knight really needs these. And there's this back and forth battle between the Rangers and Void Knight for getting these Sporex beasts. I like that they're keeping track of it. It, it really shows like who's ahead and in the game. Yeah. So this is the first body swap episode of Power Rangers to involve the swapped Rangers swapping their powers as well. Pop-Pop's real name is revealed to be Ed. This is the first episode of the series to show unmorphed Rangers in the Megazord cockpit, albeit momentarily upon their bodies being switched back and thus their Ranger energies. This is the final appearance of Jane and Jay Borg in season one. Uh, Your celebration or disappointment may vary. (laughs) This episode is similar to the Dino Charge episode, Freaky Fright Day. This is the first episode to feature the Ranger hotline being notified of a sports attack via text. Hey, uh, I'd, I'd rather text than call. It's, it's 20. It was 2021. So <laughs> yeah. get up with the times. Literally, I set up my voicemail outgoing message as, hey, uh, leave a message. Or if, you know, you're a human being, text me. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy is the only ranger uh, in this episode to avoid getting body swapped. It's because she's untouchable. She's yeah. she's the star. Confirmed goat. Uh, we all know. Yeah, and then it is revealed that Pop Pop's name for Amelia is Nugget, which Aww. I think is adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> all right. So the next episode, episode twenty, is called Waking Nightmares. Waking Nightmares is the twentieth and penultimate episode of uh, the first season. It is part of a two-part endgame which features the revival and second destruction of Boom Tower and the debut of the Cosmic Dino Key, the Light Raptor Zord, the Shadow Raptor Zord, and the Mosa Shadow Megazord. Which is the most bad <laughs> Megazord. Right? I, so I, cool. I, I freaking love it. Uh, I love it. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. We'll, we'll, we'll gush in a minute. This episode also features the full debut of the Shadow and Light Dino Keys after their brief appearance in the previous episode. This aired originally on October 15th on Netflix and then on December 4th on Nickelodeon. The story was written by Alwyn Dale Becca Barnes and the teleplay was written by Guy Langford and again directed by Michael Hurst. 
<clears throat> the summary for this episode. Seeking new zords, Zeto is trapped on a distant planet, and Ion makes a risky trip to save him. Together, they must confront the nightmares of their past before the zords can be found. So what did you guys think of Waking Nightmares? This is my favorite episode of the first season. I love this one I so much. I'm going to say it again. I got mad <laughs> Doctor Who vibes from this episode. It was pretty cool. Uh, I really, really like this one a lot, too. I love whenever the Power Rangers go off world. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was something that SPD should have done more of. But, you know, with with Dino Fury and with, you know, Ion and and Zato and the whole where's Rafcon and what's going on with Rafcon. I absolutely love this episode. We get, you know, this great scene in the beginning where we see that you know ion is is having this nightmare about the final stand with the ancient dino fury rangers and you know he's having this recurring uh nightmare and then you know he kind of gets up and and is walking around and and zato's awake too and that they both have these nightmares about their old teammates dying and this is something I wanted this show to address, especially for Zato, because I think I even said it when we reviewed the first episode last year. I was like, I, I love that Zato is is conflicted about his past. And, you know, what we found out earlier this season that he caused the, the Sporex Beast release. And just the fact that, you know, there's all this guilt that Ion and Zato have to deal with this trauma and they both have nightmares from it. And I I love that as a concept for this episode. I just think this episode worked really well. Like I said, it gave me really big like Doctor Who vibes, especially when they went off world and they were on the other planet. And it was like, at first it was just Zato kind of surviving on his own a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. It was so good. Like the cinematography and everything too. Top notch. Yeah. These three episodes directed by Michael Hurst, he did such a great job. And, you know, we commented on his last block of episodes, uh, just a fantastic director. He's got a great visual eye and fun fact. He also voiced the, the spirit of Nibiru in this episode. Okay. Like that big glowing ball that was like, oh, you did the stuff. <laughs> the Nibiru Guardian, kind of a Omega Rangers cousin, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> big ball of light. I also liked it just because the plan kind of came together in this episode, too. The villain's mm-hmm. plan, it really upped the ante. It was a nice setup for the finale. Yeah, I loved that they used uh, Rai Ghoul again uh, from the Lord Zed episode, and they brought back Boom Tower because, I mean, Boom Tower got an action figure, and then he died like so early in this in this series. So I'm I'm glad they they brought him back, you know, for this this type of finale. And with these, I wanted to talk about these Dino keys. They're they're super cool. So the uh, light dino key can break magical curses and the shadow dino key activates shadow battle armor, which can create black holes. And I forget who uses it. I don't know if it's in the, um, in the finale. Um, I think, I think don't both, uh, Zato and Ion use it. I think at some point, right? I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Because I love that armor. Like when it actually goes on a ranger, it looks fantastic. But they f- they find out that together, these keys 
uh, have the power to create the cosmic dino key when they're fused, which uh, creates portals. So it's it's this real sense of like world building and showing the power of, of the dino keys and also really makes them mysterious because we know all the dino keys have some kind of power, but you know, the fact that they're tied to a couple zords and usually the CGI, I like to think that the CGI for the most part is, is pretty good on power Rangers. I know there's some times where it's like CGI smoke or explosions or whatever, but you know, I get it. There's, you know, a lot of assets that they can reuse to uh, save some money, but I thought it was amazing that the CGI for the Zords, especially this season, has been so on point. The when we see Ion with the two Raptor Zords and brings them back to Earth, and they like they like run past them, and there's that like overhead pan shot. I thought that was so well done. Yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah, definitely. Overall, just uh, I think a really fantastic episode. Uh, a lot of lore building here. I think it definitely you know, starts to address what's going on with Ion and Zato and, you know, what their state is a brilliant move. And, and kind of what you said, AP, that there's definitely like a doctor who vibe, you know, definitely a star Trek vibe for me, you know, exploring this, this planet. And then kind of like a twist where the problem is actually, you know, this alien influence where he is able to extract their nightmares and make them turn real and using their fears against them. It was great to see Zato and, and Ion overcome that. I just, that comment, I'm sorry, that comment just made me realize exactly what part of Doctor Who it reminds me of. And Which that one? is, this might be spoilers for some people, but the latest season, like Doctor Who Flux, where they are on the planet time and that little floaty dude's going around trying to ask him to repair the place. And the doctor the entire time is like fighting her like nightmarish past all the different flashbacks. Oh, wow. I don't know if Zach remembers that, but that's like kind of what it reminds me of. Like a, almost like a, like a kid's version of that. That's really cool to hear. Like that parallels like really close and, you know, definitely unintentional, but I think it's always like a cool sci-fi thing when you have like alien influence and, you know, people being confronted with their fears. I, I I think that's a great way to analyze their emotional state and help them overcome a problem. I love the idea of them having to deal with the nightmares of the past in, you know, their former Ranger team as spirits and, and the Zords. Oh man. Those- that Mosa shadow Megazord. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I already love the, the Mosa razor Zord. I think it's, it's a great base form. Um, I love that it's more navy than gold. I just really like the aesthetics of it. And then combining the shadow Raptor Zord and the shadow Dino Key with this Zord, and it just gives it like that black armor. The Raptor becomes part of, of a gun that blasts black holes. Yeah. That is the coolest thing. Like I want, I really hope Hasbro makes uh, both of those Raptor Zords. Now, this is a question. Would you buy it as like a Zap Megazord? Oh my God. If, wow. If they made a Mosa Shadow Zord like in, in Zap, would you? <laughs> I think I would. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with my uh, Dino Fury Megazord, the five pack that I got from Amazon. And that's just the 
the toy version, but you know, if, if Hasbro ever decided to make like, you know, the next step up with, with zap for Dino Fury. Yeah, I would, I would go in on Dino Fury. I probably wouldn't go all in on like Dino charge just because I collected every Bandai Zord for that. And I think that was already a step above the Japanese toy line. But I really dig the aesthetic of, of the Dino Fury Zords and seeing a combination like this, I just, I'm really hoping that Hasbro, you know, finishes the entire Zord line for the show. I don't know. I just, I freaking love dinosaurs. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've loved dinosaurs ever since, uh, you know, even before Jurassic Park, but that Jurassic Park and, and Mighty Morphin that cemented my love of, of dinosaurs. <laughs> and this in this season, I mean, I feel like we can all agree just the aesthetics on Dino Fury are so they're like 10 steps above a hundred steps above what we've gotten in the past. It's just, it's such a beautiful season. It really is. And, you know, I, I definitely credit the, um, the production team. That's why I would love, like, if I I'm so disappointed that we stopped getting like power Rangers on, on DVD or, or even Blu-ray. Like I wanted all of beast morphers on DVD. I want Dino Fury on DVD. I want the physical media, but even watching these on Netflix on, on an HD screen, these are gorgeous seasons just by the look of them they are fantastic and especially with the direction of michael hurst uh, he did such a great job with these three episodes i think i think this episode in particular uh waking nightmares it, it felt like like a mini movie just in terms of the scope of like going to another planet and you know, there's a mysterious entity and the epic Zord battle with, with boom tower, just everything in this episode, there was a lot packed in this episode, but it never felt rushed. And I thought it was, I thought it's the standout of, of all of these. It was definitely a good one. So, uh, there was a slight error in some scenes. The skirt part of Dino Fury green, uh, number one is missing in other shots. The skirt is present and uh, this is due to production using the unmodified suit that's usually used for Izzy. Yeah, so there's some weird CGI shots where it's like they attempted to put a skirt in yeah. and then, you know, kind of left and it out. They in, just forgot, in yeah. Uh, you did mention earlier we're, we're, we're tied. It's a tie game. Void Knight has 10 Sporex Beasts and the Dino Fury Rangers have 10. <laughs> it sounds like a baseball announcement. They're currently tied with Void Knight. With, uh... It's a tied game in the fourth quarter with... With, we're on first down. Yeah. Uh, this episode marks the return of Re- Regul and Boom Tower, who has been resurrected by the former. And despite possessing ten sporics, Void Knight's machine is not at full power to revive his lost love, prompting him to abandon his quest to collect sporics and instead use the power of the Morphin Grid itself after spying on the Rangers. Ooh. I did like the cliffhanger for this episode. Yeah. Uh, one last little note, when Ion activates the portal for Zeto on Nibrio, he says, uh, it's portal time, which of course is a reference <laughs> to it's Morphin time. Uh, I, I, I love it. I, I actually it. laughed a little when he did that. Full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to episode 21, Void Trap. Void Trap is the 21st and final episode of the first season of Dino Fury. It's the second part of season one's two-part endgame. 
and the episode features the debuts of the Cosmic Raptor Zords and T-Rex Cosmic Megazord, and the final appearances of Boom Tower and Rigol. The Rangers' true identities are revealed to Dr. Arcana, and it has Void Knight's apparent demise. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the original air dates were October 15th, 2021 on Netflix, and December 11th, 2021 on Nickelodeon. Story by Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dale. Teleplay by Maya Thompson. Directed by Michael Hurst again. And just a short summary, the Rangers need Dr. Akana's help to stop Void Knight's evil scheme, but Ollie disagrees with Zato's plan, afraid it will put his mother in danger. This was a lot. This is a pretty heavy episode, yeah. I absolutely loved this episode. Mm -hmm. It was my absolute favorite episode. I was not expecting Dr. Akana to find out who the Rangers were. I really wasn't. Ne- neither was I, because to have a character, like a civilian character, know their identities, like basically at the halfway point of the show, that just opens up so many storytelling possibilities for season yes. two that I am so excited yes. for. And I love, I love how she's the one who found out too, because there were so yeah. many... There were so many little moments throughout the series where Ollie was just like, he was. Oh trying, my god! He was his, trying so his hard. His voice changing yes. is like, <clears throat> uh, y- yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, uh, whenever he interacted with Doctor Akana as the Blue Ranger was freaking hilarious. And like every like time I he loved it. Her mom, like he was not very. Yeah. he was not very good at hiding his identity. Oh, he was horrible. So in a, in a certain <laughs> way, I was shocked she didn't find out sooner. But also, I was not yeah. expecting her to find out at all. So yeah, that was. It's like you said, it just opened up so many more doors for season two with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't know about you guys, but I really liked the unmorphed fight. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. The highlight of the episode for me, too. Uh, definitely a, a culmination of, you know, all of the time that they spent training in the woods, mm-hmm. which which we saw before. Um, it definitely shows that they're confident in using uh, their weapons outside of being morphed. Just some really great choreography there. I love seeing these like big battles where every ranger gets involved and there's a ton of foot soldiers. And and this it made the this season one finale feel epic because, you know, whenever we get like a series finale, there's usually a big battle at the ranger's base. And to have that in the first season of this show um, really steps up the game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if I didn't know any better, this would have felt like a full blown, like series finale. Mm-hmm. And it was so well done. Like the stakes were like genuine. It didn't feel hokey. I just really liked it. You guys, <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> I just really liked it. And each ranger got like an, awesome moment to shine what was it amelia took on void knight like by herself at the end <laughs> hint hint dad baby <laughs> listen um. if, that, if my prediction way 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 back when comes true and void knight is her dad and the the lady in the tube whose name i forget centora centora is her mom and that makes her an alien or maybe they're not aliens i don't know but it's <sighs> That'd be that'd be cool if if I if I call that way back. If, it would make her half Rafconian, so yeah. I think that would honestly, 
now that you mentioned that, Zach, that part where she was like trying to use Zato's alien powers too, and then it turns out that she's actually her alien. Think about the parallel there. Yeah, that's hilarious. When she was in his body and trying to get the antenna to activate. And imagine if she had her own antenna the whole time. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But this was a very good finale. I probably one of my like top five, maybe top three Mm. Power Rangers finales of all time. I don't know about you guys, but. I just like that, you know, Void Knight is a more competent bad guy. And that he's not just doing it for, ha ha ha, I want the power. No, he, all he wants to do is bring back the love of his life and, and make her alive again. Like, honestly, he really doesn't care about the Spore XPs. He has an actual goal. He's not just yeah. being evil to be evil. Yeah. I mean, he is evil, but like he also has an actual role. But earlier in the season when we get the helmet reveal and he's just like, it looks like he's a human, like that type of stuff, you know, really makes you question where they're going to go with that for season two. And I just really liked his plan. He had the Rangers on the ropes here, mm-hmm. you know, tapping directly into the morphing grid. We got the green morphin master again, uh, who restored their powers in, in a, in a beautiful sequence. Yes. And there's, there's more of that lore. Like Zeta was like desperate to ask her like, Hey, what's going on with the Rafconians? And she's like, bye peace. <laughs> and I, I just, I love that there's these continuing mysteries and, and ongoing story. It really shows just the evolution of the Neo Saban era and, and into this Hasbro area, no matter what restrictions are, are being lifted or who's not involved, there's definitely an improvement in the storytelling that, that keeps me engaged for yeah. it. And this is kind of going back to a previous point I already made, but I always like when my favorite Rangers get an awesome moment to shine that moment where Izzy just like took off and like leaped through the air oh, my and God. then like yeah. slashed the machine with the Chroma Fury Saber, that was so bad. That was just awesome. It was, and I thought it was a great parallel to her first fight with the Javelin. Yeah. I thought that was a great parallel. Yeah. She's a really good fighter. Like, they they all really held their own, but she was, like, next level with that. Yeah. You'll love to see it. Just that whole unmorphed fight was just, it was genuinely good. It was mm-hmm. such a good scene, and... I mean, I already mentioned it, but Amelia going up against Void Knight on her own, like at the beginning of the yeah. season, she was she was never an incompetent character. She was always kind of the opposite. But just the fact that she went from not being a ranger, not really having too much of a fighting background. I think Ollie had a fencing background, if I'm not mistaken. But she didn't really have a fighting background. She went from just being some random person who fell into Dino Hinge, got these powers... And now she's going up against the main villain by herself. That's pretty bad too. Yeah, this this was definitely her episode to shine, and and that was really her moment. And you know, like you said, it's that's a great evolution of her character from episode one to now. This episode really showed how much all of the characters grew, being mm-hmm. part of the Ranger team. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um it was so good. And then, you know, we're left with that cliffhanger where that explosion, they somehow were able to teleport because Centaur's pod is still in area 62, but all we see is void Knight's damaged helmet on the ground. And 
this menacing shot and you know, you got the swell of the music and it wasn't a to be continued, but it was just like bum 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 like stay con- tuned for next season. It was a to be yeah. continued without being a to be continued. <laughs> yeah. And I just had kind of a vision of where that could possibly go. Like we see mm-hmm. Boyd Knight's suit is damaged, his helmet is damaged. What if he's walking around without a suit next season, causing trouble, and the Rangers don't know who he is because they've only seen him in the suit? Ooh, that'd be neat. Maybe he is Amelia's dad, and he comes back, and you're like, oh, yeah. And the entire time, we know he's Void Knight, but they don't know he's Void Knight. Oh, that would be amazing. I don't know if Power Rangers would go that far, but I think that would be awesome. On a similar kind of point to that, and I think it was something Simon Bennett mentioned on, on Ranger Board because someone asked, well, like, oh, well, shouldn't they be able to see, you know, that Void Knight's fighting for someone in this tube? But Simon Bennett was like, no, we make it very clear in the cinema cinematography that from the Rangers point of view during this fight, her part of the tube where you can see her is facing away from them the entire fight. And they, they don't actually get a perspective of what Void Knight's real intentions are. So they made it very clear that the Rangers don't, they never see Centora. So I thought that was a very interesting point. Cause that means like maybe Amelia would have recognized her mom. If that's the case, you know what I mean? Like the fact that they're, you know, being very subtle in, you know, how they shoot things and make things very intentional in terms of what the Rangers see and don't see during that fight. Uh, is I think really a big clue to season two. I mean, I I would definitely agree with that. This whole season's been very intentional about what they do, which Mm -hmm. I also love. It's like, they don't really leave too many plot threads hanging. I think there might definitely be something to that. Yeah, everything keeps keeps building. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about Dino Fury uh, as a whole uh, season one. I really enjoyed this season. I really did. I made it a point to like watch pretty much every episode as, as they came out and, you know, I may have seen some overseas episodes, but <laughs> like as much as I did enjoy B- beast morphers, you know, I kind of slept on, on beast morphers so during its run, yeah. but I don't know what it is about Dino Fury. And I, I think it's just the, the cast and, and kind of the story that they're crafting, but I really enjoy like the alien sci-fi night aspect of, of everything going on with Zato and Rafcon. And I just really enjoy this, this mystery of that. They keep building through, through the story. And it's, it's an, an ongoing caring plot thread. And that I think that's the type of storytelling that, you know, power Rangers is always should have is like these mini arcs that always build to like a big reveal or big season finale. Like I, I get it. You're going to have your bottle episodes and you're going to have your episodes that, you know, seem a bit more quote unquote filler, but you know, I think they made it a point this season that every episode pushed some plot line, no matter what the plot line was, they, they pushed it a little further each time. And yeah. that's why these, these last two episodes felt like an epic conclusion because it's, it's a slow payoff of, you know, what we've been teased and, you know, they don't answer everything, but they leave the door for more, for more questions and, you know, for people to wonder and, you know, a good show should do that. It should make you want to watch the next episode. Yeah. Now, before we get too far into other thoughts, I think we should go through some little fun facts for this finale episode. So 
In this episode, Dr. Rakana is the first civilian to discover the identity of the Dinafury Rangers and meet Solon. She also visited their base. And this is also the first season one finale since Endgame from Power Rangers Megaforce, in which the Rangers know the fight is not over yet. All other seasons in between had the Rangers falsely believing their work was done. And it's like, we don't need our powers anymore. La, la, la. (laughs) (laughs) Mucus and Slyther have been trapped in the dark dimension, but... Oh, we didn't even talk the dark dimension. They name dropped the dark dimension from Mighty Morphin. I love that. I love that. Deep cuts. I love it. But Mucus and Slyther are in there. They're in the dark dimension. (laughs) Just hanging out. And they managed to escape off screen between this and the next episode. In this episode, the Dino Fury Rangers use the catchphrase, Once a Ranger, Always a Ranger, which is mostly known from the franchise's 15th anniversary special, Once a Ranger from Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. And also, full disclosure, when they said that, I had a little bit of like a moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did that. i I did appreciate that but i i like because because earlier earlier before they say that ion says that they have a saying on rafcon which says once a night always a night so i kind of like how they it wasn't just like once a ranger always a ranger it was like oh wait well there's that rafconian saying we'll just add ranger instead of night it's like when they when they did the rafconian saying i was like oh yeah that's familiar that's cute and then they actually did it and i'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um this episode does not have any new sporex beasts however at the end of the episode solon received a hotline call that an unnamed sporex had hatched in pine ridge as of this episode the sporex army is weakened wreckmate rigel and boom tower are destroyed and void knight's fate is currently left unclear leaving mucus and slyther as the only surviving villains in season one I mean, the the best ones, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this marks the fifth time Dino Henge has been invaded by enemy forces. They've got to get better security. security. They need yeah. some like oh, ring. Jinx. They need some like <laughs> ring cameras or something. I don't know. Get, get it. Some ring camera. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Put the ring cameras as like the eye of the uh, statues in Dino Henge. <laughs> this is the second time Ollie has avoided being captured by the Sleepy Cuffs. I hate. The stupid sleepy cuffs. <laughs> they're so stupid. They're the, they're the bane of Eric's existence. But so while on the phone, Dr. Akana pretends to speak to Beatrice, referencing Pop Pop's girlfriend from episode 19. Callbacks. Continuity. Dr. Akana is the sixth parent to discover their child's secret identity as a Power Ranger, following Captain Mitchell, Mr. Collins, Anton Mercer, Adam Daniels, and Muriel Reeves. This is also the 241st and next-to-last episode of Power Rangers, which had a TV premiere on Nickelodeon. So second-to-last premiere on Nickelodeon. Yep. It's it's kind of the end of an era. Yep. And speaking of the last episode to air on Nickelodeon, <laughs> we are moving to episode 22, Secret Santa, which is the 22nd episode and Christmas special of Power Rangers Dino Fury. This episode serves as an epilogue of season one. Again, this aired on October 15th, 2021 on Netflix and premiered a week before Christmas on December 18th, 
2021 on Nickelodeon. Story by Guy Langford, Mia Thompson, Alan Dale, and Becca Barnes, and teleplay by Johnny Hartman. Directed by Caroline Bell Booth, who we also talked about in a previous episode. While the Rangers fight to get Santa's magic sketchbook back from the villains, Javi and Solon are caught in a trap. And despite the actor loving NFTs, I actually really enjoyed this Javi focus episode. How about you guys? Yeah, Yeah, this was a cute little story. Javi having this whole Christmas conundrum with the Secret Santa thing. It was a ton of fun. I really liked how much of a doofus he is sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, definitely some uh, himbo vibes on on that, for sure. We stand our himbo kings. (laughs) (laughs) Except when they hawk NFTs. Except when they're stupid in real life. (laughs) Jesus, come on now. I I cannot wait for the second season of Power Rangers Dino Fury episode where um, Robo Knight comes back and teaches the Rangers a very important (laughs) lesson about the destructive use of NFTs on the environment. But I think this was probably one of the best Christmas episodes of the entirety of Power Rangers, too. I mean, I'm going there. I'm going there with all the episodes wow. of Dino Fury. This is probably one of my it's favorite bold. Christmas specials. Oh, I, I liked it a lot. And, you know, usually with any of these, like, especially the Halloween or, or the Christmas episode uh, for any Power Rangers season, you know, over the last 10 years, it's something where you almost dread what they're going to do and how they incorporate clips uh, for like the clip show aspect of it that they're kind of forced to do for these. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping the second season, like they use those two extra episodes for something else, especially with the the whole Netflix thing. But I did not mind how they incorporated the clips with this. I liked that uh, Solon and Javi work together. Definitely a pairing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Out of all the clip shows, this was the least annoying clip show. Yeah, for sure. We got the mention of the Ranger database. I also like that we got, you know, the same Santa guy that we get every single year <laughs> with that with that actor, uh, uh, John Summer. He's the actor uh, who was Fresno Bob in in RPM, and uh, I mean he's been he's been Santa like you know Dino Charge, uh, Ninja Steel, Beast Morphers, and and now Dino Fury. I I I love it. So, I think it's I think it's hilarious. So Santa. No, Fresno Bob is the Santa variant. (laughs) (laughs) He's the he's the Santa Santa as a mobster in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, yeah, I'll get you a present. Oh, you do something for me. Scratch my back. I scratch yours. I love it. I love it. Well, then, what does that make, Masterilla? What does that make who? What isn't isn't Masterilla? Isn't that the same actor from uh, Jungle Fury? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, not the same actor. Placing the face on the wrong. Yeah. Never mind. N- not the same me. guy. Ignore me. <laughs> Ig- ignore me. Ignore me. Why did it become Kermit? I don't know. <laughs> yay. 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 Power Rangers. Yay. Dino Fury. Yay. No, I just, I, I, I liked the, the plot of almost like this situation where the villains think they've got a one up on the Rangers, but they thought they captured all of the Rangers, but it, it turns out that it's just Solon and, and Javi, you know, are trying to find a way to disarm this bomb. And 
yeah, I just like the tension of, of that in the episode. And, you know, I said it before, this is kind of a weird pairing with Solon and Javi, but you know, I, I really liked the whole secret Santa aspect of it and him not thinking of the perfect gift until the end and a really great Solon focus too, like really showing her, um, emotions and, you know, continuing to be one of those really great mentor characters, like, like Mick or, or whoever past few years. I, I definitely agree with that. This is way better though than, than the beast morphers one where they're like trapped in freaking what, what was it like Christmas ornaments? That, that was so stupid. I don't even think I watched that one. So I will take your word. for it. Yeah, it was, it was bad, but yeah, I guess Santa has like a, a magical sketchbook that can just like, you know, ignore the laws of physics and just do anything, <laughs> anything he draws comes to life. Um, but, but no, I, um, I, I thought it was fun. It was definitely, you know, like you said, AP definitely one of the, the least annoying Christmas episodes that power Rangers has done. I, it's definitely one of the better ones for it's sure. It's always nice when they, like, they basically have to do a clip show every year. We get that, Yeah. but it's nice when they integrate it in a way that makes more sense rather than like, having clips every five seconds so yeah this was a, remember this was when we did this <laughs> yeah we'll go into some some notes here you know ranger wiki notes this as a, as an error but i think it's kind of cool because a woman calls out happy hanukkah uh when she walks by i like the the inclusion there uh, i think that's really cool but in 2021 hanukkah began the sunday after thanksgiving so her greeting is out of place on christmas eve who cares? Maybe that's her happy holidays. Let her enjoy it. <laughs> I guess for you music lovers out there, Javi's missing key for his keyboard is a G. However, when he plays it, it sounds like the F note. The symbol in the notes with the, the, the hashtag after the F, I believe that denotes an F sharp. Oh, F sharp. Okay. Well, yeah. see, <laughs> you're, you know it. I don't. I don't actually. It's a, it's a total guess. Like if I'm wrong, we're going to hear about it, but I, I, Okay, now, well, now I have to look it's it up. I have to. Sign note. It's F yeah, F pound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just pound the F. I think yeah, pound pound the F. Zach, you are right. It is an F sharp. Yeah. Yes. Go, go, useless trivia man. Gold star. <laughs> gold star for Zach. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Woo! I'm useful. I was like, dang, Zach with the, the music knowledge here. <laughs> Not even a little. That was a shot in the dark. <laughs> Ignore me. Ignore me. Void Knight still only has 10 Sporks Beasts because he's dead or whatever. And the Dino Furies, <laughs> the Dino Fury Rangers uh, have 11. Mucus and Slyther managed to escape the dark dimension off screen after being trapped in the previous episode by Raigul and are aware of Void Knight's destruction. So they probably watched Netflix to find out what happened. This is the first episode where the Mega Fury Saber was used more than once. Ooh. The Rangers possess 11 Sporex Beasts in this episode, having captured an unnamed Sporex Beast at the end of the previous episode. Uh, this is the first episode since Scrozzle's Revenge to have a Christmas special serve as the epilogue. And... This is the final episode to air, not only on Nickelodeon, but on American television overall. Starting next season in 2022, the Power Rangers franchise will air all new content exclusively on Netflix. Oh, the end of an era. 
the end of an era. Uh, we are free from Nickelodeon into uncharted waters for streaming Power Rangers. But no, I'm I'm very excited for season two. Yeah. I have no idea if they're going to split the season or release it all at once. Uh, I hope they don't release it all at once because all that content just goes woo. I mean, I was kind of joking with Chris about this. I mean, it was kind of like, a, like an asshole joke that I made, but I'm also kind of serious. <laughs> I'm like, they should just do a weekly release and also have like a six month break in between the two releases. Just to F with us, they should just stay with the existing release schedule. That's that's what's crazy <laughs> to me is because, you know, everyone's like, yay, no more Nickelodeon, woo. But if Netflix does what they did with season one of Dino Fury, we're still going to get a split of episodes, which is like a hiatus. Like it's just, we're, it's going to be the same thing. You just get to binge six episodes at once now. Right. I don't know. Would you, would you guys prefer them to release like 22 weeks straight or like chunks of like seven episodes or six episodes, like with maybe a month break in between. How would you guys want to see it? I would prefer the chunks of episodes as long as they end that block of episodes on a good note, as long as they end it on like a natural cliffhanger or something that leaves me satisfied, but still have enough anticipation. I don't mind in chunks of episodes. I would prefer not to have it all dropped at once because then I would be like a feel pressured to binge it all at once. And I don't want to, I mean, as much as I like the series, I don't want to sit there and watch 20 episodes. Yeah. I mean, I, I love power Rangers, but yeah, I don't want to watch 20 episodes in, yeah. in a weekend, <laughs> even six episodes. I probably wouldn't binge. I rarely binge television to be honest, mm -hmm. but it, too much at once. I would feel pressured to watch it sooner and then I would be done with it that much sooner. And I don't want to yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to savor it a little bit longer. Yeah, I was going to say I'm I'm of of two minds on the subject because it's like having it all out in one go is pretty cool because then you can just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to spend the next, you know, couple of days watching each episode or watching the episodes and you know, by whatever time I'll be coming through the series and I'm all caught up and I know everything has happened and it's great. And I can participate in the discourse and I can post on Twitter and talk to people and that's great. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you, you rush through all that series and then you have nothing. Yep. That's, that's it. You, yeah. you, you kind of went all in all at once and then that's it. And to me, that is kind of a it's it's anticlimactic right. in a way because you know you have all this hype built up like yeah Dino Fury Dino Fury Dino Fury and then Dino Fury is over and you go okay well now I just got to wait you know eight months until they get around to telling us what the next right series is going to be if there is going to be a next series that's a whole other debate for a whole other time so it's 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 complicated because there are times where I'm like yeah I want to watch the whole series as fast as I can for example something like uh, Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times I was like, well, I want, I want the series to take time. I want to enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, my time with the series. And that, that goes for a lot of, I think the Disney plus stuff that I watch Hawkeye, Boba Fett, oh, yeah. Mandalorian, mm -hmm. like these shows that go week to week to week. And, and we get that nice, you know, slow burn and we get to ingest and, and like these episodes. And 
look, Netflix does have a weekly option for some shows. It's not, it's not all of their shows and it's a small percentage of their shows, but they can do weekly releases. So, um, it, it really depends how they want to stretch out Dino Fury, especially for toy sales, because if people want, binge the show and there's nothing on the shelves, like, you know, what incentive is there for, for kids to, you know, buy something that they'll forget in a couple months, you know? Yeah. And I mean, also another aspect of it, it would be kind of harder for us too. Because then we'd feel pressure yeah. to cover it all, <laughs> cover it all a lot faster. Yeah, and I I like what we did here because you know even though they did release these blocks, how we structured it was because it was still airing on Nickelodeon. So our excuse was like, hey, we release an episode of the past four episodes, and the last one just so happened to release today. So huzzah! But like with Netflix, as we're covering this, we have to make the decision as a podcast, like okay, are we just doing a season one mega episode and just talk about all the episodes? Or are we going to keep our format and, you know, do four episode chunks and, and spread it out? Will anyone care if, you know, we cover it in four or five months instead of one thing? To kind of go off that too, another thing that you don't get, if it's all released at once, you don't get that like collective conversation of where do you think they're going to go from here? Exactly. You don't get yeah. that anticipation and that and that like nice that like good speculation you don't get that if you binge the whole season at once because you already know somebody's going to know someone's going to tell you it's i don't don't like that i like to be able to discuss things a little bit first with things that i like a hundred percent agreed because you know in this in this age of streaming um you know i love the weekly discussion for things like hawkeye and for boba fett and even the star trek shows like i i love that you know, every week we get a new episode, we can stretch it out for, for months and it just keeps that conversation going. Like people are more excited, you know, whereas Netflix drops something like Lost in space, a new Lost in space season. And I'm like, wow, I watched the last season a year ago. I don't remember barely anything. And you, you miss those nuances. You're like, wait, what did Oh yeah, I guess I kind of vaguely remember that from, you know, eight months ago when I last watched it. So I, I like the experience of uh, extending things out, but the most obvious answer is probably the simplest one. You know, I think we're going to get another split of Dino Fury season two, part one, and then Dino Fury season two, part two uh, on Netflix separated by, you guessed it, a hiatus. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, there's different broadcast schedules and, Dino Fury will air like whatever in France or or Spain or wherever, and they're still doing it weekly on television. And if they do it in the summer, guess what? We're still going to have international spoilers. So it's, I don't think it's something we're going to get away from unless, you know, it's a global Netflix release of at this time, here's an episode a week, or, you know, if they do the chunks. Personally, I would love if they just did smaller like chunks that go with mini arcs. Um, I would love to see that happen. Like, Oh, the first five episodes, it's this arc of the story and kind of a mini cliffhanger. And then, you know, maybe a month or two later, Oh, we get another one. So it's like more spread out during the year. I would, I would love if they did that. Yeah, that would, that would be good. I'd be, I'd be on board with that. That that's kind of what, that's kind of what I want. Just as long as they they end the arcs on like a natural point and it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like they just, 
slapped a cut in the middle of the season, I'm good. Yeah, hundred percent. So, anything else on on Dino Fury? I want Blu-rays. I want Blu-rays. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Even if they have to do a crowdfunding situation like they did for that Winona Earp at one point, I would give money towards it. I would buy it ahead of time. I've been saying this for years. I think Shout Factory should do another mega set, you know, cover what happened after uh, Super Mega Force in in a box style mm-hmm. with with the rest of these seasons. Get some new interviews, get some new cast stuff, put it in a nice mega set box, you know, get... Uh, JC Henshin Vault to do another round of artwork for the latest seasons. Boom, done. But do it in Blu-rays, because the rest of the seasons yeah. are filmed in some nice HD quality. I mean, they're using like red cameras on some of these seasons. You know, um, Mir over at the Power Scoop, she always has a, a great breakdown of you know what they film with and cinematography that they're using for these seasons, and it is filmed in really amazing HD quality. When you see it on Netflix streaming and it's in HD, the seasons look gorgeous. I want Blu-rays. Give us Blu-rays. If Uh, if we did get a release and it was only DVD, I mean, I'd be okay. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind because at least I'd have a physical copy of it in case I ever did. But I would love, I would love if they did something for the 30th anniversary and like, boom, we we ditch Lionsgate. We're we're going back with Shout Factory. Here's another mega set, box set, one and done. There Are they it is. even still with Lionsgate? Do we know that? Are they still tied to them? I don't know. That might have been one of those like Hasbro Saban brands, Hasbro contracts that got put to the wayside. I hope so. I, I guess for Hasbro's other shows, I, I not necessarily I they go with Shout Factory because a lot of the Transformers DVDs were through Shout Factory. So I would love it if, you know, Shout Factory always already has ties with Power Rangers and and what they did for that anniversary set. So yeah, I would, I would love to some, just something so I can have physical media. That's all I want. It's just, I I'm an old school archivist kind of mentality. I just want my, my DVDs or my Blu-rays. I want the preservation of media, um, just something. So, you know, in case, in case the internet goes out or in case Netflix is down. In case I decide to cancel my Netflix, which I've been mm-hmm. thinking about lately because they keep up in the price and yet there isn't too, too mm-hmm. much I want to watch on there anymore. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I'm finding I'm doing more Disney Plus than, than Netflix. I'm doing more mm-hmm. HBO Max than anything lately. I have not subscribed to that. I think I need to. Really uh, everyone keeps telling me how great things are on they there. They have so. an ad-supported one that's not too expensive. Um, you don't get the movies that with the ad-supported right. one. The like um, the simultaneous theatrical release movies that they do. But you still get everything. There's a couple ads in between. But for the price they're charging, it's not bad, honestly. They have a really good library. It's an amazing I'll have to check that out. On there. But yeah, like if I decide to cancel Netflix at any point, I'd like a physical copy so I could continue watching the series. Mm -hmm. The only reason I thought about canceling Netflix last week after they announced the latest price increase and I'm like, I can't cancel it yet because we're going to have the whole new Power Rangers universe on there. So I can't cancel it yet because then I wouldn't be able to watch any of it. <laughs> well, you know, I I know there was there was some people like at least from the like Paramount Plus side because 
you know, some of these Star Trek series, it, it was like, you know, we get a whole season and then, you know, we wait a few months. And so people were just like signing up, watching the show and then ditching it once the season was over. Well, now we can't do that because literally we've got like 25 weeks of like every week there's going to be like a new Star Trek thing. Like half of this year is already scheduled out in so many different Star Trek like weekly episodes. And I'm like, holy crap, like there's no way I can cancel the subscription. So that's how you hook me. And that's why, you know, I'd love to see Dino Fury switch to, you know, a weekly model and kind of spread out spread out the season over the course of a year with like maybe some mini breaks in between. I'd love that. Yeah. But I think that's it. Stay tuned later tonight. If you're listening to this on the day of release, because we will be doing our 194th regular episode, uh, which is our eighth uh, anniversary special. Uh, We'll talk some news. We'll answer some listener questions. We'll interact with uh, the chat and maybe a couple other fun things planned. So definitely stay tuned for that uh, later tonight. Again, that's 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. And then we will have the audio version of that show this coming Saturday uh, on January 29th. And then, yeah, we'll have uh, definitely have some things to talk about in the next episode live. And we'll, you know, talk about uh, some cool Power Ranger stuff. Maybe we'll have some special guests. Don't promise that. <laughs> I, I've not set anything up for that. Don't don't put that. I on mean, me. to be fair, I can think of one special guest we're having, and his name is Mr. Jameson. Uh, heyo. <laughs> <laughs> we're joined by special guest cranberry vodka. Um. <laughs> <laughs> special guest, uh, the, this bottle of wine that we received during Christmas and Teresa can't drink it. And that leaves only me to drink it. And so maybe I'll do that on. Oh, on Eric's going to get wine podcast. drunk. Yeah. Hey, oh, special guest, all of our drunk personalities. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the body swap episode. Ranger <laughs> command edition. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, especially after hearing that, uh, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're at Twitter, at rangercommandph, and at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word, on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, tune in later tonight for the live episode. Otherwise wait a few more days. So so you can hear the audio version, uh, on Saturday, the 29th of January. All right. Till next time, everyone. See you later. See you guys. Once a ranger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You've been listening to the Ranger command power hour only on the four eyed radio network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.